0: Hey, hey, and welcome back to the show. This is your host, Kristen. I'm so glad you're with us today. I cannot wait to share this conversation with you today. We are talking about leadership, but not leadership in the way you might be thinking. You know, as my guest will share, leadership is not about our rank or position. Leadership is about influence. It's about the intentional application of influence in our lives. That can be in our homes as a parent. It can be in our workplace or in our business, and it can be in our communities. This is such a great conversation about uh, why we need to keep developing ourselves and why we need to be intentional. So I hope you'll take a listen.
1: And Here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time, and I'm ready to help you get started. Now, I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love, and each week we're going to talk to people that have redefined their lives and are going after their dreams, and we want to help you live your best life, both personally and professionally, so let's get started. Today on the
0: show, I would like to welcome Brittany Simmons. She is a retired Army Lieutenant Colonel. Uh, She's been an Assistant Professor of American American Politics at West Point. She is an involved community, community member and volunteer, and she's a mom and wife. She is currently a leadership coach, speaker, and trainer, and I'm so excited to have a conversation with her today around leadership, the importance of leadership in our lives, both in our careers, our homes, and in our communities. So welcome, Brittany.
2: Thanks Kristen I'm so glad to be here today.
0: Oh thanks. So before we dive into just how important leadership is and character development and why we should really keep growing in this area can you just tell us a little bit about your background because you've done lots of interesting things and you definitely have had you know some of these goals since you were little.
2: Yes yeah, so I mean I was that little girl that you know ran around in camouflage clothes and played with GI Joes and you know that was just who I was. I didn't have military background really in my family that, that influenced that. That just kind of was naturally how I rolled with things and always thought that, you know, going and doing the army would be a a cool thing to do. And then one day in the summer between seventh and eighth grade, I happened to turn on the TV and I was on a Christian channel, which was kind of odd because we didn't really watch that channel very much. A Christian family um, for sure, but didn't watch that, but it happened to be a profile of a Christian woman cadet at West Point. And that was just all I needed because I I loved leading and being a part of things. I loved history. And so I knew people had gone to West Point, but I had no idea that one West Point still existed, that it was, you know, a thing that was still there, much less that women could attend because the first class to actually graduate with women was 1980. So, you know, I, I had no idea this would have been the early 90s that I would have seen that. And that was all I needed. That was the spark that lit the fire that allowed me to kind of craft my high school education to make sure I hit all the milestones that I needed to in order to be competitive for West Point. Um, and, and I got in. And I mean, a lot of that's due to God It's a whole lot of a long story um, for a lot of those things to include like a knee surgery that I thought was going to keep me out. But, uh, but that was more of God just kind of humbling me and let me know that it wasn't me getting in on my own morals and much more of, of him getting me there, th- despite those other things. So um, yeah, I mean, it really just was a, a nudging of, the heart of a heart of a young girl that, you know, wanted to, to do what God had for her and also had a lot of um, energy and uh, competition and a desire for leadership, but not really necessarily even knowing what leadership was at the time. Like I think a lot of us as, as kids think leadership is being the boss. Uh, but that's one of the great things about West Point is they really helped define what that is. And uh, then I went on and do a 20, a 20 year career and just retired this past summer. Um, and now I'm moving into, into new things. It's been quite the adventure and I, I don't have any regrets and definitely lots of lessons learned.
0: Oh, it's so good. I love it. And yeah, like you said, it's not, you know, there's definitely a small percentage of women, right. That have gone through West Point, I believe, you know, and so that's, that's pretty cool. First and foremost. And then second, like you said, your perspective just being, um, you know, I think it was military police, right. You were more yes. in space for at least your part of your career. So just all the things you've seen and done. But also, you know, having this, um, you know, really a servant part, right? You, you and your family do a lot of community volunteering. And then, of course, you're raising your children. And so I guess that would be my first question for you is what, you know, what do you notice, first of all, with people that uh, around leadership, like I feel like some people think, oh, I'm not a leader if they're not running a company. And so how, what would you say to those people that, you know, about leadership?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, so leadership's definitely not rank or position. Um, I mean, sometimes rank or position can, can require leadership from you and and probably does, but really leadership and, and John Maxwell and some other folks like Joe Saxon put it well, it's influence. And when you're intentional with that influence, then you're leading people. And so a lot of us have influence. I mean, teachers in classroom have great influence parents at home. I mean, you have 18 years plus some, but especially 18 years of in your house influence on those kids that you have. So, I mean, if you can think of any place where you have influence, maybe you lead a mops group, right? And you're, you're taking care of those ladies. You may just think, well, I'm just facilitating this small group. No, you, you're influencing those other, other moms on how to live life and how to do those things. So I really think it's the intentional application of influence in your life that, that can make you a leader. Oh yeah. I love
0: that. That's good. Yeah. And I love that. Framing of that, you know, because to your point, I think sometimes words can get in our way, right the the words that people associate with uh, or you know the the definition they associate with the word when really they're usually much broader meaning, but a lot of us might have heard leadership and think, oh well, that was my like you said, the top head of the company or that was the but you know, I, and I talk about influence all the time, I don't always tie it to the word leadership, so I think that's really cool how you know you and others tie that back because. You know, I talk about this all the time with people. I say, you're, you're already an influencer right now in your life. You don't need a big social media following, You don't need 10 million followers. Like In your life, in your neighborhood, in your home, when you go to the grocery store, people are watching, people are observing how you're, like you said, how you're living, how you're showing up if you're kind of staying in a, a place of, um, you know, where your values are, if you're clear on those things and communicating that. So I do love that. I think that's so good. So what else um, can you tell us? Like, why is it so important that we keep developing ourselves, you know, so our influence really has the most impact in our lives?
2: Well, so I think some of that's the intentionality, right? If you're intentional, you actually have to have a little bit of a plan and you're not just winging it. Now, it doesn't mean, you know, exactly. It's like, I don't know exactly how to parent. I have a five-year-old and nine-year-old now. I don't know what it's like when I'm going to have, you know, a 14-year-old and a, and a nine-year-old in the future, what that will look like. But. It is the idea of being intentional where you know that you can influence things. So whether it's for them, it's their character or where they're going to be involved in sports and how do we talk to them, you know, about being involved in sports. Recently, my oldest just finished his first cross country season. Um, he's not the fastest, but he went out there and he committed to it. And before his first race, he, you know, we were talking about, He's like, well, I'm really nervous that, you know, what if I don't win? And I said, buddy, you're probably not going to win. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, are you the fastest at practice? Well, no. And he's like, are you going to be okay if I don't win? And I said, oh, bud, absolutely. I'm going to be okay if you don't win, because here's the thing. You just need to, this first race, you just need to finish I was like, and then the other thing is, is let's run the whole thing. And I said, those are those are the expectations that I have from you. And so that like took so much weight off of him because he had put on expectations on himself that he thought I even had for him because I am his leader. And when I was able to actually give him clarity on what my expectations were for him, he was able to go out there and accomplish reasonable goals, right? So, So that's just an example of within my own home with my nine-year-old of what leadership looks like and setting those correct parameters. And and you can take that same type of thing and you can put it in the workplace or you can put it with volunteers. A lot of being a leader is the clarity and how you are communicating with people, the expectations that you have for them, what you want them to meet. And then really a lot of it, and and this is the servant leadership piece, is how do you serve them to help them meet those expectations, right? Have you created an environment or are you throwing them into expectations that are unreasonable you know, for them to be able to do, especially if you can't help them meet them. Right. And, and I think that's an important piece about leadership that a lot of times we just throw things on people and expect them to do it, but we haven't created an environment to teach them that, to show them that, to to provide them that, you know, and sometimes you have folks that are just go getters and they're going to go and help find it out. and, And maybe you're doing it together. You're exploring together and that's okay. But the expectation has to be like, we might not get this right. And that's okay. Like some failure in there is okay because we're going to learn from it. We're going to fail forward so that way we can, can do better the next time.
0: Yeah. And I think really that comes down to what you just said, but just to put it in another context, like how do we set the people up around us for success? How do we set them up for that? And to your point, it's so much about clarity and communication, like you said, of the education, but we also have to put ourselves in that person's shoe. For instance, I remember, company I was working with, um, the head of the company was trying to give a project to somebody brand new. And he went over it with them one time. And then when he got the results back, he was sort of like, well, I just, I thought it would be like more what I showed them. And I said, well, hold on, let me see if I can do what you just asked them to do just from you verbally telling me or whatever it was. And I said, and see how close I get, you know? And so we did it. And I mean, I got pretty close, but I said, you need to give her, you know, like an SOP or something, right? Like it needs to be clearly so that anyone can follow what you're asking. So even though you had to fill in different data and you had to pull different things, there needs to be a process so that she can do it and meet your expectations. You know, but he wasn't thinking about it because he's done it a thousand times. So while that's a very specific little detailed thing, it was really that his leadership, he was at that moment, he wasn't seeing that he wasn't setting her up for success because he really didn't give her enough direction or enough times of trying it to actually make it right. You know, and so in that case I was like, hold on, you gotta kind of step back and realize what does she need or whomever need in order to succeed at this this thing that you're asking her to do.
2: And sometimes we have to have flexibility and be like, maybe they're not going to do it exactly the way we want to do it. But did they get the end state? And that's one thing that like the army really focused on us was from a leader perspective, you had a commander's intent. And that right. intent wasn't super micromanaged. It said, I want to have, you know, we're going to be here by this timeframe to accomplish this task. And and it would be a large task. And then every subordinate element underneath, they knew what their job was with that. And they just had to operate within that intent, right? Those, those areas. And as long as you were operated within that intent and, and accomplish the, the in-state that was necessary, well, well, then you have met that. And so that's why the commander's intent had to be cleared. And so I think we as leaders have to give space within that. We have to give space to operate within people's own talents, skills, and abilities and realize like they may not do it exactly the way I do it, but I might actually get something better from that because who am I to say that I'm the smartest person in the room and I know exactly how it ought to be done. Now, there's some things out there that are very like mechanical or technical, That yes, there's gonna be some certain ways to do that. And those are very different types of fields. But if it's it's a much more open-ended how to do things, then let's let people see how it goes, and we might find some better practices of how to get it done or same, same, or different paths, but same end state, and that's okay too.
0: Yeah. I just started reading a book called Radical Hospitality. And while it is more about the, you know, like the restaurant business, it's not fully that, but it's for all leaders or just people in general. And, but he says something similar to that, you know, that, that basically when people sort of get higher up, you know, or they're running now their own company. He's like, they think like, oh, now I have like the, he might not use the word control, but like I I can make the choices, right? But he says, well, actually, no, that's when you actually have to lean on more people to let those people lead, right? Because one, they usually know how to do it better. They might've already been at the company or they have different experience than you. But that's, he's like, that's the job of a leader. It's not to make all the decisions. It's to let other people help make the decisions right? And for you to know when or who and how to let that happen. You know, so I think that's
2: yeah, the leader has to lay out the roadmap, the vision and, and be very clear about what that is. And then, yeah, then let let your team go and, and be amazed and surprised at what they can do You know, within it.
0: And I really did relate to your story about your, your nine year old son, because I have three sons and they're a little bit older. But, you know, my one is um, just starting. He just started volleyball this year in wrestling. Those are both new for him. Most of my kids in soccer and cross country. And it's like you said, it's an interesting thing because of wrestling, right? They have to, they have to kind of hit a certain weight up or down or whatever. And so we've been talking a lot about nutrition lately, you know, and he sort of wants to listen, hear me, but I'm trying to explain to him, this is what you need, because he, I think he's thinking he needs to limit calories where I'm like, that's not what you need to do if you're trying to lose three pounds, because he has no weight to really lose, you know, and he's a pretty lean, fit guy. You know, but it, having those conversations is really interesting because, to your point, the expectations around things, and I've had that happen with my other son with grades or school. You know, he's like, I thought you'd be upset with me if X, right? And you're like, why would you think that? But if they didn't tell us this, we can't then redefine or define expectations. Like, no, if you're if you're doing the best job you can and you ask for help when you need it, you know, and whatever, right? It, in other words, we have to have open communication in order. To then know, oh, hold on, someone didn't interpret, interpret what I said or what they believe I was thinking. And so I really did align with your example because that happens plenty of times in our house with three sons.
2: Yeah, and, and then the great thing is, whether it's with your kids or, or in the workplace, then that gives you an idea of, okay, for the future, when we tackle certain things, I need to make sure I communicate to this person this way. So that way, you know, again, they're set up for more success as they go. And that's another important thing for the leader is like, it's, it's not just hitting each thing individually, but it's building upon and saying, okay, now I know more about this person and how they think and what they need to hear from me. And and now I need to, to give it. And you know what? It'll probably be different with my other son. And that's one of the things we talk about in the house too, is, is what is fairness. And this works in the workplace is that everybody thinks fair is exactly the same. And it's not, it's giving people what they need. And everybody has different needs. And so if you're meeting their needs, you know, appropriately, that's what's fair. It's not given the exact same thing because everybody doesn't need the exact same thing.
0: Right. Oh yeah. So good. Yeah. So what else can you tell us about, um, you know, how do we develop in this, you know, in leadership and how we're showing up, right. With, um, knowing we're responsible to help develop other people or at least help, you know, like you said, make sure they can do the best job that you know they need to
2: Yeah. So I think our own growth is super important. And I think we have to invest in that. And, and there's a variety of ways to invest in people like, Oh no, this is going to take more time. But I think we all have some sort of time. Um, so whether it's picking up some, some good books and reading it, or it is, you know, listening there's enough podcasts out there that you can tap into and, and learn these things, whether you're in your car or while you're working out or doing dishes. Um, I think that there's those opportunities. And then sometimes, honestly, it's just getting involved. And, and maybe it's just even looking around you and where you're already involved. If you're already in volunteering something, you're probably working for a leader, or maybe you're leading something and maybe you didn't realize it and paying more attention. And then starting to ask questions of those folks that are around you, the folks, both that you're leading and maybe that you're, you're working for of like, Hey, well, what do you see? Give me some in, you know input, give me some feedback. What could I do better here? Or what do you see that I do well? And I think that's something we probably don't do enough of is talk to those people around us. Um, and seek out some of those people. It's like, if there's somebody, Hey, I, I, I really wish I could do that better. I really wish I was a better volunteer at church, or I see how this person does it. I wish I could do that someday. Well, ask them because they probably, people love to talk about themselves and how they do things. So ask them and they probably would love to invest in you and bring you on and help you you step into that. And so, you know, if, if leadership is, is intentional influence, then you have to be intentional in your growth of it, and there's a lot of different ways to to seek that out. And sometimes it needs to be be more deliberate. Like sometimes it you know, this is why I'm doing the job I'm doing now. Sometimes you need to hire a coach or take a formal class um, because maybe you've just never had any formal training in it or exposure to it, and you just need to understand well, where do I start? What what do I need to pay attention to first? And I think that's that's what the type of resources that you can find out there from people, both formally and informally to help you kind of get on the right path so that then you can have an idea of, all right, this is where I am and this is where I need to go. But it does take intentionality um, and a little bit of strategic vision. If you have an idea of where you want to go, even if you're like, I'm not sure what it is, but I kind of like that. Well, it's fine. Pick that thing out there and then you can prepare. You mm-hmm. can, you can build that path and figure out what that looks like. If, and, and if you're having these questions then I think you probably have the capability to do that because there's something bubbling inside you that says I should do this. Will it be uncomfortable? Probably so. But if I've learned anything in, in my army career and it really started at West Point was when those, there were those things that started like grabbing my heart and made me really interested, but I was a little scared. Those were exactly the things I needed to go for. And then when I went for those things and I experienced them, I came out so much better and and prepared for the next thing that was going to like, start to bubble in my heart that I, that I ought to go for and do. And it's just been a series of that through my life of stepping into those things that, that kind of scare me a little bit, but also excite me. And they stretch me and they make me uncomfortable, but they also make me better and start, you know, more into who I should be.
0: Oh, that's so good. Actually. Yeah. And that's right. Before we start recording, I mentioned you, I kind of wanted to talk about what you just said, right. It was about how do we step into these, these new opportunities, like when whatever part of our life they're in, and so you've obviously done that in your life. And so do you have any just, you know, personal advice for when we, you know, there's stuff on the horizon, but maybe we're afraid to leave our current job, not saying people need to leave their job, but, you know, or maybe we want to start a new hobby or maybe we we were going to move, but how did you over, or how did you get to the place of like, hmm, maybe or not sure. And then actually step. Forward.
2: Yeah. I mean, I still deal with a lot of it. I, I mean, as a Christian, I think sometimes it starts with prayer and you know having that conversation and when you have that daily walk then you, it makes it easier to judge those kind of bubblings of like you know, is this just me or is this something God's, you know, nudging me through? And then I think it's your other close relationships, whether, you know, for me, it's talking to my husband. Um, I have a, a friend that's a, a best friend of mine that's a Christian as well, that we've known each other for several years. And we Marco Polo each other on a, a regular basis. And so often asking her and being like, well, what do you think about this? I think those type of relationships help because we shouldn't be doing, you know, life alone. Um, and then sometimes it's just being willing to take the gamble. Right. And, and to just, to just try it, see what it feels like. I mean, maybe you've never run a 5k before, but you're feeling like, Hey, I had to go do this. Like, just try it and be okay. Just like I told my son, be okay with just finishing, you know, don't have unreasonable expectations for yourself set realistic. Like what is, what is the reason why I'm going to do this? You know, and, and understand that there's going to be cost and there's going to be uncomfortable, you know, pieces that come with it. But what I would also say in all of that, anytime I've stepped into something uncomfortable, whether it was job wise, um, and, and saying like, I don't know, do I think I could do this next thing and, and trying that, or like, I mean, I, I don't do it so much these days because I've gotten older and, and kids, but it's like, I did triathlons and such in the, in the past. And, and those things, I mean, they wore out my body and my muscles were sore. So there was soreness and there, you know, in a sense, some, I don't want to say pain in the wrong way, uncomfortableness that went with it. All of that has built my resilience. So now it's easier because I've built up those muscles over the years to be able to, to evaluate things and feel comfortable stepping into the unknown um, with some of that. And, and especially, I think when we have, have faith, I think we can do some of that. And it doesn't mean that God's going to make everything successful, but I always hope, have hope that even if it doesn't work out, like, you know what, there's going to be something I can learn from that, that God can apply to something else that I use, you know, in life. Cause I'm definitely not a like, well, God told me to do it. It's going to be perfect. Well, you know, not always. That's right. that's not always what he, what he has for us and the things that we go for. Sometimes it's meant to, to teach us something, to break us down a little bit, to build some of those muscles. Um, but if I maintain that hope that I have in him, then I'll, I'll come out better at some point and I'll see what it is that he's doing. percent. And, you know,
0: so when you were saying that one thing that was coming to me is if you are looking, right, if people are thinking about stepping into something or they'd like to, but they're just, you know, fear is holding them back or hesitation, something, you know, I think sometimes if we reframe, excuse me, reframe the, instead of like, what if, like if I go out on my own, instead of working for this company, I've been at for 25 years, even though I don't love it, what, if, you know, like I, I might not make the same income, right? But wh- what if we reframe that what if, right? All of our what ifs too, but what if this actually works? And I, I would make the same income or similar up or down. Right. But I'd also have more time freedom for my family. And I'd also have, right. So I think sometimes it's reframing, but where are we getting stuck? Right. If we're getting stuck in the, I don't know, I just feel safe, you know, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to feel safe, but if it's holding us back to these things, right. That are tugging on our heart or that we know, gosh, one day I want to do this, but I don't think I can, you know, until I get my retirement money or until I get right. It's like, time is of of the essence, right? We don't know, you know, how long any of us have. And, you know, one of the regrets of dying is that we didn't go and do the things, right? Or say what we needed to say to people. And so, you know, I say, do it sooner than later. Surely I'm not saying go quit your job. You have no money saved and like, you have no runway. But at the same time, I think you should, you know, if there's something you really want to do, like you should figure out how could I do it? You know, and could you go back and get a job if it didn't work out for you? You know, so I think Part of it is what if this did work out right Not just like, oh no, what if it didn't? I think so sometimes reframing it from our uh, from a mindset perspective is so important.
2: Oh, I think you're absolutely right. And sometimes I think too we want to jump to the end state every time and and we don't realize that there's a lot of in between steps. Yeah. That they can go with that. And sometimes, I mean, some people's personalities, they're just not good at seeing those in between steps. The, they're the long term visionary. And that's great. So so that's where your friends come in, right? That's where you find somebody that can help you, you know, maybe it's a life coach, maybe it's some sort of other, you know, person that can speak into that and say, like, oh, that great that that's what you see over here. So let's talk about what it takes to get there. Because maybe, maybe right now, you just need to do some, some research, and you just need to do some reading, or maybe you just need to, you know, try out something volunteering locally, And, and to see, like, does this satisfy, you know, your heart and your, you know, does this, is it starting to, you know, scratch that itch that you have? And if it does, well, then you can take those next steps. Like, I think everybody thinks you have to just jump right jump right into the, to the deep, uh, the deep end. And you don't have to do that. Like there's typically other steps you have to take in order to get there. So, so don't, don't worry about the big end state, figure out what step you need, what's the next right step to take and start building towards that
0: absolutely right and a lot of that is just experimentation right like you said like let me just take this an inch right yeah you don't have to go jump out of a job or change industries or whatever it is you can just let me take a class like you said let me take a course let me go shadow somebody that does whatever it is like right there's a lot of other steps to kind of like you said inform yourself but also see if this if, if the farther you go with this idea if you're getting more excited about it and seeing that it's it could actually be something that you'd really do or not right so because sometimes we try stuff and we go oh yeah no, no, this is not i thought maybe it sounded really great but actually i don't think this is for me so but if we don't take those little tiny steps we won't know always right it'll just be a question mark in our head so action right like they say what is it um clarity comes from taking action right not before often.
2: And the great thing is when you're doing this, I mean, when you're in a leadership role, you're looking to go into it, or you're, like I said, you're influencing people around you as you take these things and learn it, it actually gives you more influence with the folks that are looking up to you because now you can be like, I tried this and it, you know, it worked, it worked this way, or I tried this and it didn't work. And it just gives you more of an understanding of what the people around you are probably looking for you to provide for them. So if you never try it, you know, your influence is going to be limited on some of these things because you're not going to have walked where folks that are looking to you, you know, have, have are wanting to walk because you can't give them that input. So sometimes you just have to, to go for it and, and again, be willing to to muddy through it.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point is the more life experiences we have, right. And that we've tried things, sometimes they're not going to work out where it's not the path that we decide to stay on. And sometimes it's going to work out and eventually maybe become a great, you know, benefit success, whatever. But the more we have of those, right. That's why a lot of times you hear People talk about great leaders, but often it's because they have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge. So, what uh, one reason why people work with leaders, right, or leadership coaches? Oh, they've been through a lot. They've already had stepped through mistakes or things that didn't work the way they thought, and then they learned. So, I get to learn right sooner from that. And so, to your point, if we all have more of these experiences and we're willing to try things, we can now apply that in all realms of our life and help the people around us that maybe are coming along.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think of it as like training. I mean, that's what a lot of it is. And so, you know, in the military, we do a bit, a lot of training and I'll never forget one of the ones we did. I was a young, um, second Lieutenant. So, I mean, I had been in my job for not even a year yet and we were getting ready to go to Iraq. And so we were out training in the winter in, in Germany before we were going to go to Iraq and we got a, a mission to go do. And I totally messed up the mission. Like my plan was just like horrible and we didn't do it right. And I mean, we totally failed it. It was it was horrible. But thankfully the folks that were like overseeing us said like, well, hey, let's walk through this. Let's talk about this. We learned from it. Later on, we got a very similar type of mission kind of retesting us on it. We knocked it out of the park. And then what happened is, is when we deployed to Iraq, we had a real life incident just like that happened. And because we had totally screwed it up and we hadn't like, one, I had good leaders, so that helped, um, helped me process it. And so I want to be that type of leader for others. But I didn't let that just totally crush me. I was like, well, I'm gonna learn from it so I can do it better. That's what training is for, is to make the mistakes there, is that I was then able to do exactly what I needed to do in the worst of situations. Right. And and so it's like we had just have to we have to be okay with some of those mistakes in life that we're doing on some of those smaller things. And so let's try some of those smaller things and make the mistakes there. So that way, when we're faced with the real thing later on, we have, we have built up those repetitions to be able to be like, okay, I know what to do here. This may be on a way bigger level than what that other thing was, but I have tested my muscles in this and I have an idea of what to do here so that I can leave my people well when it is truly tough.
0: That's so good. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense to I me. Mean, like you said, it's, it's, it's training and it's practice. And then it's, like you said, learning, like, oh, how could this be better, right? So it's that assessment piece too, right? Both self-assessing, I know you talk about that a lot. And then also getting, like you said, a 360 assessment or whoever's around you, right? To kind right. of help you say like, well, hold on here. Like maybe this should have been different or this is maybe why it didn't work, right? Or whatever. So I think that that's obviously really important as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree that it is. Just we have to be open to that. And I just, I think in this society, we're so afraid of failure, you know, we're afraid of how it's gonna make us look and things like that. But if we are ready, prepare our, our like not excuses for failure, that's not what I'm saying, but prepare ourselves to be able to react well and just like take, I'm okay with however this ends up, I'm gonna be okay, and prepare ourselves in advance. That's part of the preparation that I think we as leaders have to do is, is to be okay with failure. And it, I mean, there's plenty of examples. We always hear about Abraham Lincoln and Michael Jordan and all of these folks. Like, history is just full of of this happening. You you'll never find a leader that doesn't have a failure somewhere in, in their background.
0: Right. Well yeah, I think that's a really good point. Kinda of like how, you know, we talked about leadership and some people might have a preconceived notion of what that what that is versus the broader kind of, you know, other things for it. I think failure's the same way. Right. Yes. Because people that actually have started things or tried new things, they quickly learn that it's like, oh, failure just means I tried it one way and realized hmm, that way maybe wasn't the most efficient or it wasn't the whatever most successful. And it's really just a, like a, a, it's a signpost, right? Like it's an indicator, like, hold on. And it's a, it's a time to learn. And so really, as long as we see our failures as an opportunity to learn and grow, then usually it's, it's really like a failure where I think a lot of people think failure means like, oh, I can't come back from it, but that's not what it is, right? It's really just a, I tried something. Didn't work the way I expected, so now I need to pivot. You know,
2: yeah, you used the right word earlier when you said experiment. That's what it is. It's experimentation, and you know the scientific method is you just all right. Well, we'll experiment. We're going to pull things out, put things in, and you know keep tweaking, tweaking the formula.
0: 100. And just wrapping that back to the kids, only because this just popped in my mind. It's so important to teach our kids, right? I mean, one to be resilient, like you spoke about earlier, but two, if we teach them one, obviously, to have a growth mindset, right? Because that's so important. But part of that is being comfortable with just trying things, experimenting, and that that is like the way we want to show up in the world, right? Because then we aren't so stuck in a fear-based, you know, or a limited mindset. You know? so yes, I think that's yes really important too.
2: Yes, I think we have to model that for for our kids. And and sometimes I think, uh, I, I mean, I grew up very much to where I, I'm not quite sure what what my dad did at work or any of those type of things, because it wasn't shared. And it's like, I think we need to be more open, you know, with our kids on some of those type of things and be able to say, well, I tried this and it didn't work so great. And, and even in the home, being willing to to laugh at little things like, yep, screwed up dinner tonight, kids. <laughs> We're gonna have to do something different, but that's okay. See, mom makes mistakes too. And setting those those examples. And I think that that's something that, that we can really harness well in, in all walks of life, whether it's at home or, you know, people usually talk about being authentic and things like that. And I think they sometimes take that too far. Like I got to bear my whole soul, but some of it is just like owning mistakes. And I don't think because of that failure piece you already talked about, like we're really not good at, at owning mistakes. We want to pass things off. We want to do excuses, but people are shocked when you're like, yep, I own this like that. I messed that up. Um, But if you want to talk about endearing people to you, When, when you do that as a leader, when you're willing to say, you know, yes, I messed this up and I own it, especially when it's something like a team did and and maybe they made the mistake, but it's because of the direction you gave them. Like you will have people that are are loyal to you and ready to go the next mile because they know that you've got their back for good and for bad. And a lot of people like good leaders will, will own the bad. And I'm not talking about people's moral decision-making obviously, but in just the normal execution of trying new things and. And doing that, is good leaders are going to have an environment where failure is okay. And if it's, you know, a big something that goes above that team, then that leader's going to own it themselves.
0: Yeah, that's so true. So good. Okay, so any last tips that you want to share with us before we wrap up and let people know how they can connect with you and learn more about what you're doing these days?
2: What's I think really coming out of the conversation is just be intentional you know, about what you're doing. Find a way to to grow your your leadership that's out there and, and just start small. The first thing that I would tell people to do is and what's super important to me, um, both as a Christian and then with the, the background that I have in the army is that character really matters. And I think we see a failure of character around us all the time. So start with just saying, what do I value? Like, what is important to me? What are my personal values? Don't make it too big. Pick three to five that you're like, this is, if I was to say, this is who I really am, you know, and what's important to me, here's those things. And then if I look at my character, you know, how am I growing my character? What am I doing to make sure that I have a a strong base there? And are there people in my lives that I have, have led in to have some accountability? Can somebody call me on something? you know, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a best friend, whether it's somebody at your church or or wherever, if we try to hold ourselves accountable, when people hold themselves accountable is when they have moral failures. And that's when things go bad. And so you have to be willing to have other people in your life uh, to hold you accountable and to, to have that type of relationship where they can call you on something, um, because then they probably won't. If you're sharing that back and forth, you'll probably have created enough to where you're like, I- I've I've got somebody holding me accountable. And so it's easier for me to make the right decisions because we're all, we're all going to be tempted to make the wrong decisions at times. Um, we just are. That's the nature of being human and, and having sin in the world. Uh, so by having those other people in our lives that, that we can discuss and hold us accountable. So I really think character is super important. So, so just start there. If you're like, I, I'm not sure how to do this. Well, clearly, you know, I'm a parent and I have leadership and I didn't realize it. We'll just sit down and say, go through that values piece. And then say what What does character look like, you know, in my life, and how should I grow good character? And then what does that look like in our home, and what do I need to do to help foster that with my children? Or maybe it again, it, maybe it's your workplace. Like, do people really understand what I'm telling them and who I am, and you know, those type of things? Is is leaders are repeaters. Don't feel bad about saying the same thing over and over again about who you are and how you do things, because that's what people need to hear in order to to walk in what it is that you have for them. But I think those are the really the the two very basic foundations is understanding your values and your character and what that's rooted in and then having people to speak into your life to do it. And, and if you start with that, then it'll make it easier for you to walk into some of those new things to try some of those experiments and um, moving forward in leadership.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so Brittany, tell us, how can people connect with you online and you know, check out what uh, how people work?
2: Right, so so they can find me at BrittanyEsimmons.com simmons.com uh, on the on the internet there I've got a few freebies that are on there they can connect with me for a discovery call if they're interested in some leadership coaching themselves um, you can also find me on Instagram I'm about to launch a whole bunch of new content here in the in the future as I've been building that up in these past few months since retirement um, so you, you find me active and really those two places are probably the best places to find me and I'd love to talk to anybody as they as they go through this journey even if it's just a discovery call and we need to talk a little bit about you know, what you're looking at, I'd be more than happy to just have that conversation.
0: Oh, so good. Well, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for sharing why leadership and then that continued development and growth is so important and how really it's about intentional influence. So thanks again for being with us. I really enjoyed the conversation.
1: I enjoyed it too, Kristen. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts so that more people can discover the show and connect to our community.